and welcome to another episode of the Wrong Football Podcast. My name's Dan, I'm here with G, the author of wrongfootball.com, and we're here to talk all things American football again this week. I'm not sure I'm cleared to play tonight, I haven't got my paperwork in. <laughs> yeah, well, a little bit more on that later, you might be doing a Leicester City. Uh, well, this week we're uh, taking a look back over the week that was, week 8 of the NFL season, a week when the Dolphins decided they perhaps didn't like football anymore, it wasn't their game. Uh, and also making uh, our picks for uh, week 9's uh, league games as well. Uh, first of all, though, let's have a look through some of the talking points from around the league. How, how are you doing, G? You all okay? Yes, apart from, you know, minor domestic disasters involving, you know, exploding tubs of custard and my kitchen being a disaster area just before we're meant to be recording, fine! Excellent. Well, uh, it's, I suppose it's a, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice way to, uh, to lead into the podcast, I suppose, <laughs> dropping some custard. <laughs> Have you ever heard of um, Douglas Adams' peril inducer? The idea being, you know, you, you, it sort of would induce like a, your body to feel like it a broken arm, to give you a shot of an adrenaline and get things going. I've, I've That's not. what I've done for the podcast, sir. Have at it, sir. Have right. at it. Excellent. Well, uh, the first point we're going to uh, look at is the, uh, yeah, some of the, some of the uh, pretty poorly worded comments that, uh, that have come out of the, uh, the Texans owner Bob McNair this week. Um, during last week's uh, full league owners meeting, uh, Bob McNair uh, made an ill-advised comment about uh, standing or kneeling uh, for the national anthem situation. Uh, it's exact words where we can't have the inmates running the prison. Now, clearly that has gone down uh, not particularly well. Comments have been described as disrespectful and ignorant by, uh, I say Texans offensive uh, players, like people like uh, like uh, Dwayne Brown. Uh, he's, he's now a former Texan, isn't he? But more on that in a uh, in a few minutes, I suppose. But uh, yeah, he says that the, uh, the the players were very upset. Um, players were talking about walking out. They were going to walk out of the training facility uh, this week until they had a meeting with uh, the coach Bill Bill O'Brien and GM Rick Smith. McNair uh, did apologise. Said he didn't mean anyone to take it literally, and it was just a figure of speech. But uh, what, what's your take on this, G? I'm not a hundred percent sure where to sit in the grand scale of things because. It's not exactly a natural turn of phrase. I'm used to hearing sort of like the inmates running the asylum, asylum but, yeah. but the inmates running the prison is not a great one. And there's been he's tried to to also say that he was talking about the the league office rather than his own players, um, right. and I'm just not sure. I'm sure they will not be happy that this is leaked at all because this stuff doesn't usually come out from league meetings. So the fact that a private meeting notes came out, I'm sure will be a matter of something, but it's hard to see why the players wouldn't be upset. Obviously, um, when you have a majority um, African-American workforce, Mm. um, such allusions to criminal backgrounds is a long and difficult story of race in America. And this is the kind of comment that you can understand why players are upset. And you have someone like Richard Sherman saying he may not have meant it, you know, in terms of deliberately saying it, but it sort of revealed what was in his heart. I think you can understand why the players were upset. Uh, Andre Hopkins actually did walk out of practice after that meeting and didn't practice that day, but O'Brien obviously managed to calm them to an extent because everybody went to Seattle and played. There was a mass needing, approximately 40 players. There were some standing, but they were all sort of in line for the anthem. And it's just... I think we're in danger of getting away from what the discussion should be because... Partly, I think, because of the narrative drawn by the president and everything else. But you know, the story here should still be that the league is looking to work with players to further their agenda and do things in the community. And that's like a positive thing that's coming out of the protest movement. Mm. And the important thing to keep our eye on, in my opinion, is the aims of um, improving social justice, improving police integration and working on that aspect and not disrespect for the flag which is never the intent of the um, protests no absolutely not but it, it does I suppose it does just highlight how, how volatile the whole situation is doesn't it 
It does, but it also demonstrates, I mean, one of the other reasons, and I think the context of these comments is important, that this is a, um, I believe, a very Republican-supporting um, uh, uh, owner. And I say that because he gave a million to um, Trump's inauguration fund. Did, yeah. So this is a person who's used to getting his own way. He's probably used to having um, his employees do what they're told. And it's not necessarily the most progressive and enlightened view of how you would treat your workforce or your staff office, depending on who's doing what. It isn't. No, that's it. That's it. So, uh, yeah, I, I personally, if I uh, take a look at it myself, I, I, I don't think he meant it in the, in the way that it's, that it's perhaps been, been taken, but I'd, I'd like to give, be able to give the guy better, the benefit of the doubt, but it's still, it's clumsy, isn't it? It is. And the other thing is that, uh, the, you know, we ought to acknowledge we are two white Brits here. Well, of course. So, yeah. So the cultural context and how the you know the players are equally entitled to their own reactions to it, and I think you know I, I, I tend to agree with you, but that might just be a product of our biases, and we should be we should be aware of that, shall we say? Of course, yeah, no, absolutely. Well, uh, let's move on to uh, to have a look at uh, a couple of the other uh, bits from around the league. First, uh, we're, yeah, we're going to have a look at the, some of the, some of the trades. So there was it was trade deadline this week um, so so obviously it was quite a uh, quite a hectic time over the last couple of days recording this on uh, on Wednesday so if anything else happens we uh, may or may not uh, be aware of it by the time this uh, this comes out um i mean the big one for me i'm going to i'm going to bring it up cuz i'm going to be dolphins biased and i'm going to be a moany person today should, should we just give you a couple of minutes to get it off your chest, and then we'll sort of analyse the trade deadline properly? Let's let's do that. So I the, cede the floor to you, sir. So so what I'm doing? So what, what's happened? Now what I'm getting at is the uh, Dolphins trade of Ajayi to the uh, to the Eagles. Um, Jay Ajayi, London-born Jay Ajayi, as I think we're contracted to say, um, has been one of the few uh, highlights in what has been been described by Adam Gaze himself as the the worst uh, offense in in the NFL. Um, he's been one of the one of the few, uh, I suppose, standouts. I mean, he's not had a fantastic season thus far, but he's been a real standout player for the uh, for the Dolphins in terms of when he has a good game, the team has a good game, the team play well, the team win. This this week they've traded him to the to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles for a fourth round draft pick. That to me is for a starting running back. I mean, we might as well have just trade him for a sack of potatoes, haven't we? Okay, would you like me to try and bring some balance to this please conversation, do. or do you please. want to rant? Right. No, I, I want some balance, please. <laughs> okay, there have been numerous occasions in the locker room, and we discussed this last year, about his um, attitude towards the number of carries he's getting, mm. and there's also questions about his long-term health, given his knees, and that was why he was a fifth-round pick in the first place. I do think it's a trade that perhaps favours the Eagles in that they didn't give very much up to get a very cheap player on their roster who they're not committed to. However, if if he's being a problem behind the scenes and Adams Gase is sat there looking at the way his offense is going, if he feels he needs to cut bait and run, looking at what's happened with the Bills and how successful they've been this season by prioritizing culture and getting the players in to do it the way they wanted to and they continue to do that in this trade deadline, then whilst, yes, I can totally see your frustration and why you would be upset with what you've got for him as well as just getting rid of him, there might be a point to it. Well, I think I think the thing for me when you when you put it in into context, the thing for me is is like you, like you pointed out when we were sending messages yesterday, Garoppolo um, went from the, the the former backup quarterback at at, uh, at New England went to the San Francisco Forty ers this week in a trade in a second uh, for a second draft uh, second round draft pick next year. Now, Garoppolo's got two games under his belt. 
yeah and but, and, and is is relatively unproven it's a comparative market though is the problem is yeah. that is that no there aren't enough quarterbacks to have a good starter for every team there is a real issue not that there aren't good not that there aren't running backs that are worth the high picks they've been given um in fact we've had a bit of resurgence of that with Ezekiel Elliott and um Leonard Fournette but you can pick up very good to um league leading um running backs in the second third fourth round so it's a different level of commodity yeah I, I suppose but or I think... player I, I i dislike using the term commodity for human beings but just in terms of what you when you're comparing the markets it's a very different thing with quarterback to running back i know what you're saying i, I think I, I think the the other thing for me is just is the fact that it it seems like oh, we're, the the dolphins were i mean not great let's let's be honest and we're a little bit more on that when we when we look at their game from Thursday night but we're still at four and three and there's still a chance of of, of actually making something of the season unfortunately this week just seems like they've decided actually do you know what let's call it a day um, at four and three with a winning record as, as it is now let's not bother about the rest of the season we've got Kenyon Drake and Damian Williams who are the, the two running backs I would have thought Kenyon Drake's going to be probably the the, the starter going forward because he's probably I think he was the the, the main backup uh, going going into uh, the previous I've weeks. I've seen more of Williams playing, and I quite like Damian Williams. Um, he caught my eye a couple of preseasons ago, but I, I'm not saying you're incorrect about your starting quarterback. But yeah, they are the pair. Yeah, I mean the, between the two of them, they've only had 22, 22 runs this this year, so it's not like either of them have had a, have had a lot of uh, a lot of reps in the uh, or certainly not competitive reps. Um, this this year and it's it's going to be a it's a big step up for either of them to be a uh, a starting running back because neither of them have have started anywhere. Yeah, I mean, in fairness, up until like the last couple of years when we've had these big high drafts, uh, uh, picks for running backs, we've been more moving to backs by committee. So it, mm. it could be that they're just doing a little sort of thunder and lightning. Um, although you know, obviously not to that quality because they were a serious pair of running backs. But um, in terms of the approach it could be we just you know this is too much trouble in the locker room he's causing too many problems and it might be that they feel that they can get a um comparable level of productivity out of two players and they're getting out of Ajayi mm. this season given that he hasn't run for like 200 yards that he has that he did you know so many times last season maybe let's move on anyway let's uh, we'll let's discuss not... the other trades and you know I have the advantage of it not being my team and we can discuss yeah. what the hell happened with us um, with your team yeah in a so, moment in the trades but should we sort of work round the other big ones if you see what I mean yeah absolutely yeah let's do that I mean it's, it, the, the big ones like I say Garoppolo went to uh, went to the uh, the 49ers he's going to be uh, I wouldn't imagine it'll be long before he's he's a starting QB there given their situation yeah, I mean, they've got eight weeks to evaluate him. Um, they can franchise tag him. There's various people who are saying, slight surprise they've done it at this time of the season. The fact of the matter is that they've you know potentially traded back from a two to a three because they can get, if they don't re-sign him, they'll get um compensation draft pick. And if it's the court franchise quarterback, as we've seen with some of the play of the other guys, it's transformative. And so you can totally understand why they took that risk. Yeah. Uh, Brian Hoyer went the other way, didn't he? Yeah, well, Brian Hoyer was cut and has just been signed as a backup. Yeah. And, you know, I think he's a competent backup. And we shall see, you know, I would imagine they're expecting Brady to play for a couple more seasons. I would have thought so. Uh, anyone else caught your eye? I know, obviously, we mentioned Dwayne Brown went to the uh, Seahawks from the uh, from the Texans, didn't he? Yeah, but, I mean, that could be a really um, positive one for the Seahawks if he beds in nicely just because they've had so many problems uh, um, on the offensive line. And if they can get a left tackle who can come in and give them something because 
if you've watched Seahawks this season so often, you know, within like half a second to a second, there's there's a defensive lineman, you know, Mm. in the backfield causing problems for the Seahawks. And, you know, for a lot, I was about to say it's pretty much only Russell Wilson who could survive with that kind of line play. I'm actually beginning to feel like Deshaun Watson might be able to as well because it's not like the Texans line is that great. But yeah, that could definitely help them. It could. Uh, anyone else? I know. Uh, who else was there? Kelvin Benjamin went from the uh, from the Panthers to the Bills. I was really surprised by this, and there's been you've seen some of the stuff come out um, already on social media about Panthers players not being happy. I've heard some talk, but they're not happy about Benjamin's weight, and they've got a big receiver in front just and so you know they want to get more speed on the field but it didn't feel like they got a lot for him and I you know unless he was causing problems with the locker room and I've not heard of anything that that, that one's I liked it for the Bills it gives um, Tyrod Taylor a good target and they stand first chance in breaking one of the longest um, playoff droughts in the league um, with this start and they've obviously decided that um, Benjamin was worth a pick and there's some experience because of the Panther links they know him as a player and so yeah I like that pick up for the Bills Mm, and uh, finally, uh, let's talk about your your uh, Bengals. Do it or be- well between the Bengals and the Browns. Don't know who it was who uh, who did a, a Leicester City uh, and uh, yeah, muck the paperwork up in the trade for uh, for AJ McCarron. As far as I understand it, um, the Bengals phoned in their half of the deal. The Browns celebrated and didn't get it in, or they did get it in but they got it late there's been like three or four stories out of uh, out of Cleveland already so I don't think we totally know I don't think it's on the Bengals I think it's the Browns being the Browns yeah um I'm slightly it looked like we were going to get a second and third round pick which when you consider that I got a second round pick for Garoppolo looks good value but I I do like AJ McCarron and I I'm in my darker moments wondering if things keep going badly this season whether we need to take a look at him instead of Dalton but to be if fair to Dalton the offensive line is atrocious and we shall discuss the Bengals shortcomings in the games and how terrified I am of next week and speaking of which let's move on to the games <laughs> Right, it's time to have a look at some of where Week Eight's games, and I promise I'm going to try and not turn this into a, into a, just a constant Dolphins rant. However, the first week we're, uh, game we're going to look at is the Dolphins and the Baltimore Ravens from uh, Thursday night. Uh, first thing I noticed, and I know I always comment on the color rush uniforms, Dolphins weren't in orange. It does seem that they've made us a decision to have like one team in color, one team in white. Was very weird, very weird. Anyway, well, should avoid the problem they had. Um, was it last season or season before when with the um, Bills and the Jets played and colorblind people couldn't tell yes. the teams apart? Yeah, absolutely. They've, I think they've played a couple of times in the color rush twice. I think. Anyway, um, Dolphins been on some uh, something of a run over the last uh, few weeks uh, going into this one, while the uh, the Ravens had, had won just one in their last uh, last five games. This one turned out to be uh, yeah, didn't quite go the way I wanted. It was forty points to nothing to the Miami Dolphins. It was a second shutout. Uh, of the season uh, for the Dolphins, and let's move on to the next game. No, um, and uh, yeah, it, it was it was not good. It was uh, it was just pretty pretty poor for the Dolphins, wasn't it? It was bad all round. Um, the the lowlights included. I'm going to broach this carefully because it's not like he's a dirty player or anything. But shall we discuss um, your K- knocking Kiko of- Alonso? Yes, and the knocking of Flacco out the game. It was quite a uh, quite a hard hit. So Flacco went on a run, was in the process of sliding uh, at the end of the run, and Kiko Alonso absolutely nailed him uh, just before half time, and he, he he left the game. He looked his helmet came off, and his his face he looked out of it, didn't he? Yeah, and um, he gave himself up. There's talk about it being a bit late um, because he was going for yardage, and you know 
things always look worse on replay, but it felt in real time that Alonso had the chance chance to not put as much into it as yeah. he is. He could see that um, Flacco was um, was going down. It feels like he was making a statement, and he appears to be escaping uh, suspension. I believe. Yes, he is. Apparently, they're just going to. He's just going. He's going to get a fine. Uh, it does feel like we need to, and you know, I'm speaking as a man who has lost perfect multiple times. But you know, if we're going to curb the behaviour, we need to hit the teams and the play rather than um, you know a fine for gentlemen that are very well re- remunerated. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. I think uh, the uh, it's difficult to say because it, it's it's all it's always one of these it's, it's one of these things where unless you're in the moment, you don't know whether he really has got time to to adjust. You don't know where he was looking. You can't see what he, it's it's. There's so many factors to it, but there really is. But given that I I could have at the time, I was half expecting him to be given a personal foul and ejected. To be honest, well, it's it's one of those. We'll have have to have to see how he uh, how how um, Flacco bounces back. I think I'm hoping. And and the problem was was with that was that um, (laughs) a Ravens lineman then leapt to the defence of his quarterback, and I could I'm not going to condone it, but you can understand because they're, they're. you know, very protective of their quarterbacks, and you know when that happened, you could see it going. And then, yeah. of course, Sue ran across um, and got involved because that's what Dominican Sue does. And, he always you know, does that. Yeah. And then there were later issues, and it got a little testy. And the, the Dolphins just never really—it almost like galvanized the, the um, Ravens, and 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 the Dolphins got. Mm. Scrappy is that the right word? I mean, yeah. it was scrappy. It was, it was it, scrappy, and it and worked for them the week before, and they managed to fight and keep in the game. But this game, it just they just couldn't string together anything consistently on offense. Could no, they? that's it. I mean, the thing the thing was obviously this was Matt Moore's chance to shine. Jay Cutler was out with uh, with with broken ribs. Uh, Matt Moore played instead. He started his, his first game since the back end of last season when he was covering for uh, for Tannehill. Um, and he and he really failed to shine. Twenty five uh, completions out of forty four attempts, only one hundred and seventy six yards, threw a couple of interceptions, got sacked three times. Just not not really what you'd want to see from him. No, I mean, but also if you've got a backup quarterback, do we really want him dropping back to throw forty four passes? And I know the problem is not that ideally. your team is behind. But when it gets behind so far, are you not trying to build some confidence in your offense and, and look for for? You know, the next week, I'm not saying you should give up on the game, but you, if you yeah. get too far out of your game plan with a backup quarterback, you know, what are you developing or working on? Well, at the same time, what's your what's your other option? It's to to run it, and we couldn't run it either. So it was it was twenty. J. H. I. had his, his worst game of his career. He got twenty three yards from thirteen attempts, one yeah. of which was a twenty one yard run. So that just I mean, the goes problem into is that. You know, when you talk about establishing the run or the pass, the problem is you've got to establish a credible threat on either, or the defense can just key on the other one. And yeah, yeah, because you couldn't establish balance, and that's sort of been a problem for a lot of this season for the Dolphins is that the offense has been misfiring so much that they've just not been able to get anything consistent going. And yeah, they scrap and fight and they're competitive, but yeah, this was a worrying game to say the least. Yeah, Ravens were were pretty dominant throughout. On on the other on the other side of the ball, I suppose the, the. the, looking at the the positives for the Ravens, they were their running back was it Collins looked looked fantastic. He had a he had a really good game. Yeah, yeah, a hundred yards off, um, or one hundred and thirteen yards to be precise, off eighteen carries. So yeah, yeah. really good. And um, Javarius, sorry, I'll try that again. J- Javorius Allen, <laughs> one, <laughs> one, of the one two. last time. Javorius Allen managed um, fifty five yards off seventeen carries. So yeah, um, problem mm. stopping the run for the for the Dolphins defense. That's it. At least the only positive for me was it was nil nil in the third quarter. So uh, yeah, we'll call it we'll call that a little uh, a small win for the day. <laughs> um, 
we we both picked the uh, the dolphins on this one. And we're very 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 wrong. So uh, yeah, let's move on. <laughs> okay, yeah. Let, let's, yeah, let, let's just not mention the dolphins again until we have to. I, I, I agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm completely behind that. Um, uh, this year's final London game was uh, was this Sunday. It was uh, the second game uh, in two weeks at Twickenham, uh, and it was the Vikings and the Browns. Browns were the uh, the hosting team in this one. Um, it ended at uh, thirty three points to sixteen to the Minnesota Vikings. Um, but the Browns started pretty well, didn't they? Yeah, they they. Um, I'm trying to remember if they actually took a lead into halftime or just nearly. Uh, yes, they were by set- a point. Yeah, they were competitive for 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 quite a chunk of this game, but then. The brownsiness just kept coming out, and I can sort of see the problem with Deshaun Kaiser and why you might pull him because he doesn't look to be a, a um, accurate quarterback, does he? No, no, he doesn't. And in fairness, his receivers don't look to be the best either, given um, the injuries to to the, to, um, the hand of of their high draft pick, and it just. The defense is swarming, but it's not quite there. And obviously, they were missing Miles Garrett, and just the quality of the Vikings sort of outlasted them. And in the end, sort of quality outed in the back end of the half when when it really mattered. Yeah, it was that second half, wasn't it? When they when they pulled away a couple of field goals and a couple of touchdowns as well that uh, that won it for the uh, for the Vikings. Um, the uh, looking at players who had a, had a particularly good game. Adam uh, Thailand again has, has been looking. He looked pretty good all season. Has he another ninety eight yards uh, on this uh, on this game? Yeah, and Case Keenum, um, for a backup quarterback, is mm. doing a job for the Vikings. They've got yes. their run game going. Uh, McKinnon and Murray are sort of doing enough in the running game between them to keep them competitive. And that defense is scary. And that defense is traveling as well. Uh, yes, it's not yeah. just when they're playing at the Vikings um, stadium. That and you know, they're six and two, top of the division, and with the injuries going, you'd, you'd fancy them to um, keep going oh, and, and make the playoffs. Yeah, I'd say so. Absolutely. Um, Any updates from your dad? Not that I've not that I've seen. No, he was. I think he just quite enjoyed the game. He just thought it was quite a uh, quite an enjoyable game, especially for a London one, which isn't always a. Uh, it doesn't always guarantee a good game. Um, it was. Uh, you know, I thought. He, I think he thought it was a pretty good one, but uh, it was. I mean. It, is it just me? One thing that, that that I have noticed is it just me, or are we seeing? I haven't looked at the stats. Are we seeing more missed point after attempts than than we have in the past? Yes, um, that started last year when they moved it back. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. Obviously, it's. It, but I mean, even even more than last year, it seems it seems this year like there are just a hell of a lot of them. Um. I don't know the stats. I might be wrong. It might be. I might be talking. I don't know. Rubbish, I feel like I. It feels that you way. You know how I like to set you homework every now and again. I yeah. Feel like for, for if, Is this going to be a homework? Yes. Given your interest in kicking, I, I'd like I'd like for you to go and look into it and can report back next week, please. Okay. I I can't answer you that question. So I know you like a good stat, and kicking is a particularly good stats sort of thing <laughs> to look at. So I'll, I'll charge you with heading off, and we'll reconvene next week on that one. Excellent. Well, uh, yeah, it was a good game. Uh, like I say, Browns still winless in this one. So, uh, yeah, poor old Browns having a uh, another another pretty poor season. They still um, need to. I still quite on. like the process, but you know, you've got to worry about the front office or whatever happened with with the, the trade, and it shows yeah. a certain degree of desperation about winning games now. And that you, you've got to worry, given the level of quarterback, and I'm thinking of Deshaun Kaiser, that they picked up and they picked up a quarterback the year before when they've passed on Carson Wentz um, Deshaun Watson um, even Mitch Trubisky and it's just like you can't see where it's going to go where it's going to get better can you well particularly given that I liked their approach of building the team before they picked a quarterback but A you have to win some games and win some culture and the offensive line which they invested in has not played great even before Joe Thomas Mm. um, Taurus Tricep 
Yeah. Well, we both picked the uh, Vikings on that one, both correct, uh, and uh, yeah, picked up a uh, point. So, uh, yeah, moving on to the uh, the next one. It was your game. Do we have to. Yeah, we do. We do. I mean, it's, you, you, you won. It was the uh, the Indianapolis Colts and the Cincinnati Bengals meeting on uh, on Sunday. Uh, last time you met, uh, it was uh, last season. There was only one point between you. Then it was seven points to six. This time, yeah, you you returned the favour. It was twenty four twenty three to the Cincinnati Bengals, winning by one point. Uh, really close game. I thought all the way through. I really genuinely thought it was it, it could have gone either way. This one, yes, which is not great considering um, how the Colts' um, record is and how well they've played this season. I mean, the defense did well-ish, but um, given how Indianapolis's um, uh, offense has fared this season, I'd like to have done a little better, but basically, uh, Carlos Dunlap won the game with a tipped inception where he took back for a touchdown. However, the um, Bengals' offense continues to misfire. Um, the offensive line... Uh, maybe didn't give up the most sacks in the world, but oh god, there was pressure. Um, they couldn't establish a run, and Dalton couldn't keep the passing game going, and they basically got bailed out by their defense again. And yeah. I'm kind of terrified of this week because Jacksonville have already got two, have already got sacked ten sacks in the game twice this season, and I fear what they are going to do to that offensive line. Yes, I think you're. Uh... Yeah, it could be a yeah, it could be a difficult week for you. I do I do kind of have that feeling. Yes, yes, it, it, it's um, it's just so frustrating. Um, it's just the team seems to be hamstrung and it, it can't quite pull it together. And they seem to be running a lot on first down, even when it's not working. And mm. you have to establish, like I said, I think in the previous game, you have to establish credible um um opportunities to do both run and pass to to get your offense to flow if you yeah. just keep running the ball without doing it well they're not going to fear that and they're not going to worry about the about stopping the run and over committing about allowing your passing lanes and it's just it's just not working for the Bengals at the moment no looking at the uh at the Colts the uh Jack Doyle had a, a pretty good game he was he was by far Brissett's favorite uh target um over over half of the passing yards for the uh, for the Colts went his way yeah uh it was one of those things where they really focused on T.Y. Hilton and they weren't going to let T.Y. Hilton beat them and so um yeah Jack Doyle as tight end and one of um Jacoby Brissett's um favorite targets was just really really effective and I think the bank that was like a calculated decision by the Bengals yeah, and it was a it was it was a bit of a mixed game for Joe Mixon as well. Your uh, your new your rookie. Yeah, I like I said, he was struggling to get anything going in a run mm. game, and basically they had a really well timed screen pass that he took um, a long way, and that took care of most of it. He got you know three receptions for ninety one yards, and sixty seven came off it on that um, screenplay, which is not yes. the first time he's done it. And you know he is competent at catching the ball out the um, backfield, but it's more of a consistency of offense at the moment that's worrying me, particularly given that. There seems to be lots of skill players that should give you options in the offense. It's just not coming together with the um, offensive line, the timings, and enabling Andy Dalton to be the distributor. That when he's mm. really working, he can play, you know, really, really well. But it's just we're just not getting near it this season. Yeah, I mean, the the game was one with seven minutes to go, was it? Carlos Dunlap uh, with a uh, with a, with an interception uh, return for a uh, for a touchdown, which was which was a uh, yeah, it was nice. And he, he ended up getting uh, getting named AFC Defensive Player of the, of the Week, didn't he? Yeah, uh, I mean, the defensive um, line's been playing well for the Bengals. It's a good pass rush, and um, he's often been, you know, right up there as one of our sack leaders. And, yeah, it, it was a good um, sort of fairly athletic play for a lineman to get a tip, tip <laughs> that ball up in the air and catch it and get it into the end zone. And, yeah, the thing was, not only did they get that go-ahead score, but then they were able to keep the um, 
need for a couple of drives um, for the rest of the seven minutes. Yes, uh, well, I, I picked this one uh, correctly. I got the, uh, the the Colts in this one, so that was uh, one of the games I picked up this week. And I was miserably, miserably, miserably wrong. Yes, unfortunately so. Uh, but you still won, you still won the game, so stop being so miserable. Uh, at least you, <laughs> at least you weren't shut out for the second time in a season. Um, the <laughs> The final game we, uh, we we watched was uh, yeah it was a bit of a cracker this one it was the uh, the Houston Texans and the Seattle, Seattle Seahawks easy for me to say apparently uh, not well apparently not no uh, we thought this one was going to be uh, worth a watch after this week's news uh, especially with uh, with the the news to see how how the team had bounced back uh, from Nair's comments certainly uh, see how the Texans had uh, react and like you mentioned earlier there was uh, roughly forty players kneeling at the, for the, for the anthem so a uh, bit of a record that I think but it was uh, it was forty one thirty eight in the end to the uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Um, really, really well wa- worth a watch. I, I, I quite often say that the games are, are back and forth, but this one certainly was that, wasn't it? Yeah, um, Deshaun Watson. I was not convinced about him when he played the Bengals. Boy, am I convinced now. Um, yeah. Still making some rookie mistakes because um, there were interceptions to go with his um, good play. But you know, he accounted for 400 yards passing um, and 67 yards rushing. So yeah, eight hundred and fifty-four yards for the between the two between the two quarterbacks passing yards. Yes, and. Considering that it's not exactly a bad Seahawks defense that he's going up against, it may not be the best of the ones that we've had in this run, but it, they're not that bad. And you know, to do that for a rookie quarterback was really impressive. Mm, yeah, no, that's it. And uh, I mean, they, they didn't have much. This one thing for the, for the Seahawks was they, they didn't have much of a running game, did they? They, they got thirty-three rushing yards in, in total. Russell Wilson made thirty of those. Yeah. Um, the the offensive line problems is really hampering this offense and. Uh, previous to Deshaun Watson demonstrating that he has amazing movement skills and can mm. just cork out long bombs, you would say that the only person who can make this work is Russell Wilson. And if you watch the Seahawks regularly, you will regularly see Russell Wilson making plays where it's just like, I don't know how he escaped that. He's literally running for his life. Yeah, he and, does. And it's incredibly impressive. Mm. Uh, well, you, you mentioned uh, Deshaun Watson being able to get out of uh, pretty much any any hole he's put in, but he was he was sacked five times, wasn't he? And he, he threw three interceptions as well, which which kind of hurt them in the end. Yeah, I mean, particularly sort of like there was one at the end which was game breaking, and there was another one where um, Earl Thomas, who got beat earlier on a play action, which he took a step in the wrong direction, and uh, he was beaten over the top by Watson. He got him back with um, almost straight away in that quarter with uh, just reading Watson's eyes and just jumped. Route and took it back for a pick six himself. Mm. So there are rookie mistakes, but he, he's given the Texans hope when you know they've lost both JJ Watt and um, Whitney Merciless, and so you know suddenly their pass rush is much much less than we were expecting going into the season and have been in the early part. But he seems to have rallied the team around him, and they have their franchise quarterback going forward. It would seem. It would certainly look that look that way, and I suppose uh, before we before we move on to the uh, look at the rest of the games very quickly, you can see that the Texans can now be described as a free scoring team because you wouldn't have that the other week. Yes, I can now. <laughs> Good, excellent. I, I wanted empirical evidence. I have some. There we go. We've, they've, they've provided it for you. Well, um, I picked the Texans. It was another one that uh, that I, I picked up this uh, this week. Uh, let's have a look at the rest of the games then. The, uh, the Falcons, they haven't quite looked themselves of, uh, late. And the Jets, uh, on three and four going into this game, uh, had already won more games than most of the people, most people thought they would win all season. Um, they met on Sunday. It was 25-20 to the New York, sorry, to the Atlanta Falcons, sorry. Um, 
and yeah, they're, they're, the Falcons are back to winning ways. Technically, it was a, uh, a fourth quarter comeback as well. It was they were seventeen sixteen uh, down going into the uh, into the fourth quarter, and there was a couple of uh, couple of touchdowns each. But uh, yeah, Atlanta came down on, came out on top. Yeah, they're still not quite flowing right. Um, the interesting thing from this game was uh, Matt Ryan was having so many problems with the um, snap exchange in the rain that they actually in the fourth quarter moved to him just taking snaps at shotgun because it mm. was it was too unreliable because of the fumbles. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Carolina had lost their uh, their last couple as well, man, uh, managing uh, only three points against the Bears last week. Uh, they played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week, uh, and yeah, they turned the tables and, and only allowed the Bucks three points themselves. It was uh, seventeen points to three to the uh, Carolina Panthers. Buccaneers are now uh, rooted to the bottom of the NFL, uh, sorry NFC South on two and five. Uh, San Francisco, uh, the 49ers still winless, uh, and the Eagles uh, were looking very sharp in the last few weeks. Probably the uh, the best team in the in the league, which uh, meant there was uh, just one way that people thought this one this game would go, and uh, yeah, it did. Uh, it was it was uh, 33 points to 10 to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, it was a decidedly quiet game from Carson Wentz uh, as compared to what he's had in, in uh, early points of this season. Uh, seven sacks between the two quarterbacks. Um, yeah, the 49ers, another team who was still winless. Hence why they're looking for a quarterback. And, and have found one by the looks of things. Um, the Saints had won uh, by more than 10 points their last three meetings uh, of the, uh, the the Bears and the uh, and the Saints. Uh, it was a bit closer this time, but uh, the result was still the same. It was uh, New Orleans Saints 20, Chicago Bears 12. Another week, another record. Well, heading towards a record. Drew Brees became the, uh, the third player to make 6,000 completions, uh, which is huge. Uh, and yeah, we send our best wishes to uh, the Bears' tight end, Zach Miller. Uh, he dislocated his knee, needed surgery to save his leg on Monday. So uh, yeah. Horrible. Vascular surgery. Early reports I am hearing is that um, the surgery went well, but yeah, very much um, hoping that he gets better soon. Absolutely. Well, uh, believe it or not, the Patriots went into uh, their game this week the the worst ranked defense in the league, and uh, uh, after losing their fourth, four, sorry, their first four games this season, uh, the Chargers were uh, on a bit of an impressive three game winning streak uh, going into week eight. Um, the Patriots won this one though. It was twenty-one points to thirteen. A good competitive game. Melvin Gordon ran one hundred and thirty-two yards for the Chargers, including an eighty-seven-yard touchdown. Uh, and as always, I'll, uh, I always like to point these out for you, G. There was a safety as well for the uh, for the Patriots. I do like a safety. I know you do. <laughs> Uh, the Bills needed a uh, win to keep the pressure up on the Patriots uh, in the AFC East. They were playing the Raiders uh, this week. Uh, they they got that win. It was 34 points to 14. Uh, they returned a fumble uh, for a touchdown just before half-time, kept the lead for the rest of the game. Uh, and yeah, Bills, they, they ran for further ran further than they passed, which is a uh, not, not a particularly uh, regular occurrence. No, and it's probably why they've just uh, um, traded for a, for a wide receiver. receiver. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, both the uh, Dallas Cowboys and the Washington Redskins were at point five hundred going into this game with the uh, Redskins yet to win a divisional game. Uh, it was 33 points to 19 to the Dallas Cowboys this uh, this week in uh, what's going to be uh, Ezekiel Elliott's last game for a uh, for certainly for a few weeks. Uh, the Cowboys uh, started to turn things around. Two wins in a row after a couple of uh, losses early on uh, going into this game. But it was a busy day for the uh, the new Cowboys kicker, uh, Mike Nugent, your, uh, your former kicker, uh, former Bengal, scored nearly half of the Cowboys points. Uh, the Steelers and the Lions met on Sunday as well. The Lions uh, allowed 54 points last week when they played the Saints. Uh, much, much less were this week, but still couldn't get the win. It was 20 points to 15 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Another busy one for the kickers, uh, who scored the majority of this game's points. Big game for Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, too, who uh, almost got 200 receiving yards for the Steelers. And the Steelers are still not trading uh, Martavis Bryant, and I'm guessing that Mike Tomlin is winning this battle. Yes, it would, it would appear that way, wouldn't it? 
Um, both the uh, the Denver Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs went into uh, uh, into this game uh, without a win in the last couple of games. It was the uh, they were the Monday night game this week, and uh, yeah, it was it. It was 29-19 to the Kansas City Chiefs. Pretty terrible game from Trevor Simeon. It looks like he's going to be dropped uh, for week nine. Uh, two-thirds of the Chiefs' uh, passing yards came from Travis Kelsey as well. 133 yards and a touchdown. So, good week for him. Yep, and Osweiler has been confirmed as starting next week. The ball is it's a right then, G, let's take a look at what you've been writing about on the blog this week. Cameron Jordan, the uh, New Orleans Saints defensive end, got the uh, coaching take treatment this week. What did you think uh, of what you saw? I saw I saw a player who was matched up against a very good pair of tackles in in the Packers, and so it, he's not the kind of player that flashes in terms of first step and speed. So he's not a flashy pass rusher. He stands up very well against the run and could take on double teams. And it was kind of actually a, almost a quiet game for him. Certainly, he didn't make the splashes he did the week before against the Lions. But I was still impressed. But it's one of those ones where, because you don't know the the scheme fit and, and what all the, what he was doing, it's like I think I'm going to have to come back and watch him again at some point. Mm. Uh, well, you you went into a bit more detail on the uh, on the, the 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 kind of way forward for the Bengals too, didn't you? trying to remember precisely what I wrote but yeah <laughs> my, my concern is just what's going on with this offensive line um, what's going on with uh, uh, Marvin Lewis and just how it feels like maybe there needs to be a change whether um, Mike Brown agrees with me that's a whole different matter but yeah no I'm beginning to worry about both them and um, Andy Dalton and whether it's time to really bite the bullet and blow mm. it all up Quite possibly by the, by the looks of things. Uh, is there anything in particular that uh, you're planning on having a look at this week? Um, I, I'm still in the early stages and welcome to suggestions of what coaching take to watch. Excellent. We'll keep a, uh, an eye out for that. Well, uh, for all of that and much more from G, uh, make sure you stay tuned to the blog. It can be found at thewrongfootball.com. Are you ready for some football? Okay, let's go into week nine and make our picks for this week then. So, uh, yeah, I've closed the gap a bit. It's 66 points to 62 at the uh, as we go into this week. So... A lot closer than the 11 points that it was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it was only a couple of bad picks, and I've got out my mm. system a little bit. It's all right. I'll, I'll steady the ship, maybe. Uh, I hope you don't. Um, well, this this week, interestingly, my dad's done his picks for this week and said he found this week quite easy. So let's Ugh. see. Uh, let's see if yeah. Let's see how this goes. Uh, the first game, the Thursday night, uh, it's the Bills and the Jets again for the third year running. These these two are on Thursday night football. Yeah, um, they do like divisional games to an extent, and yes, uh, I, I think it should be competitive, but I, I kind of fancy the Bills in this one, given um, how they've been playing this season. Especially given that the uh, the Jets are only given two and a half points, I think, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go Bills. Yeah. Uh, Falcons and Panthers, uh, the Falcons are given two and a half points on this one. Um, hmm, this is a lot closer. I really don't know because these are two teams that I don't feel like I've got a, a, a handle on. Um, no. The Panthers' offense has been up and down. Defense has been very good, but they've just sent away um, Benjamin. The Falcons seem to be struggling on offense. Um, Shanahan's loss, I think, as much as anything else, rather than, rather than what's going on with their options, yeah, yeah. with their sort of skill positions, and it just doesn't seem to be quite coming together. I'm. If this feels very even, so I might just grab the points with the Falcons, but I'm not confident really that's, either way. I think that's pretty much the way I'm going. I'm, I'm looking at Falcons just just because they got the points. Uh, it's a real close one. It's a real close one. Um, your game, the Bengals and the Jaguars. You kind of pointed out earlier you weren't particularly confident. Uh, no. You give them four and a half points. Are you com- um, are you more confident now with um, the pick? 
we might cover, but that's not what I really care about. Mm. I mean, the problem is that I don't think the Jags have won a home game yet because the only home game they've won was in London. So I'm not sure they've won actually in Jacksonville. Um, But a bad offensive line against that defense that's just picked up another player. Yeah, I think it could go horribly, horribly wrong. I'm going for the Jaguars, I'm afraid. I think I might be joining you. Uh, Broncos and Eagles. uh, Seven and a half points given to the Broncos. That's quite a lot. Yeah, the defense is still playing well, but it's whether Osweiler can provide a spark to the offense. Does that Mm. sound like something that's going to happen? I'm not sure. I I don't think it does, to be perfectly honest. No, but um, the Peters injury for the Eagles is a big one, and I just wonder if it's too many points. Yeah, get JGI for their first game as well, for his first game. So you'll be supporting the Broncos like mad? Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, but I'm still going to pick the Eagles, I think. Okay. Uh, Ravens-Titans. Ravens are given five and a half points. Um, I'm going to pick them, I think. I'm possibly going to... I don't know, because I don't trust the Ravens at all. But I don't trust the Titans at all. No, I know. They're two teams that are a bit... It depends who turns up. Yeah, uh, and the, the Titans have been a bit injured, and I think they might be coming off a bye. So, yeah, I think that's too many points. Mm. Um, well, yeah, I'm I'm going to go, uh, like I say, I'm uh, going to go for uh, the Ravens on that one. Uh, the most, the highest point swing of the uh, of the week, looking through the uh, the lines. This one's the uh, the Texans, Houston Texans hosting the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, the Colts are given 12 and a half points. That's a lot of points. I think I'm going to go for a cover. I'm really not sure because the Colts have been bad, and I think uh, yeah, the Bengals. But... I, I think think the Bengals might have flattered them last week a bit. Um, you'd expect to bounce back after a shutout, but yeah, but it's a lot of points. It's okay, a lot that's of points. it. That's exactly why I'm thinking Colts. I, I, yeah, thinking Colts for now. We'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rams and Giants. LA Rams, New York Giants. Three and a half points to the Giants. Uh, Rams for me. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, Rams have already scored. Home more. underdogs are meant to be a, a good situation, but that just doesn't feel like a good situation. No, that's it. My my, my favourite stat of the week that I saw the other day was the Rams have already in in their in their first uh, seven games scored more points than they scored all year last year last season. Coaching matters. It certainly does. Yeah, and, they, and they've they've got a good one by the looks of things. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and New Orleans Saints. Uh, seven and a half points to the Buccaneers. Um, not sure. The Bucks' defense has been really bad. Yeah. The Saints are at home. They might offense lean Saints, good, but I'm not fair. confident. Offer, offer, do, Saints' offense has been pretty good, to be fair, yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go Saints. Um, the winless San Francisco 49ers uh, are hosting the uh, Arizona Cardinals uh, back off their bye week. Three and four they are at. Uh, the the 49ers are only given two and a half points. Yeah, because the Cardinals are, are down to Drew Stanton at quarterback. Oh, um, good point. I forgot about that. The whole Adrian Peterson thing, you know, it looked quite good when there was a credible threat of throwing, but as we're discussing, you know, there needs to be um, some balance to the offense and... <sighs> But, you know, I can't exactly trust the 49ers. Do you know what? I'm going to make a big call. I think the 49ers are going to get a first win this week. You know what? I feel like that as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to pick them. Uh, Washington Redskins and the Seattle Seahawks. Seven and a half points to Washington. 
Washington are really injured and I'm kicking myself about the pick at the weekend. That's one of the ones I'm really unhappy <laughs> with. The offensive line isn't going to magically fix themselves. They've you know blown their division this season. Um, I just worry whether the Seahawks can cover this line, I'll be honest. It's, the, it's that seven and a half points, isn't it? Yeah. I think if it, if, it was, if it was three and a half, I might... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm going to have to wait and see what I go for on this. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. I don't know how my dad found these these picks easy. Yeah. I think he's just guessing. Um, <laughs> he's ahead of me, so he's guessing well if he is. Um, the uh, Chiefs and the Cowboys, the, the Ezekiel Elliott-less Cowboys... Um, his I'm suspension... still really interested in this game. This might be our game for next week. I think you might be right. This, the, this is, his suspension has been uh, been been brought back in uh, for the, for this week. He's going to start his uh, his is it six games. I think it's six games. Yeah, it? I mean, he, he's apparently lodged a complaint in another circuit court with the NFLPA. We shall just have to keep watching. Um, just let it go, Ezekiel. Just it take could affect you. the line, but yeah, I mean, it feels like that's how it's going to end up because the yeah. courts decided for Brady that you know you've lost the agreed arbitration process. You know, this is not a legal matter, and I think that's how it's going to end up. But well, yeah. it's it's a, it's a who's going to win. So I think this one's going to be the Chiefs. I think I agree with you. Uh, I'm of course going to go for the Dolphins, despite the fact that they no longer wish to play football. Um, they're facing the Oakland Raiders, uh, and are giving three and a half points. And I'm strongly tempted to join you in the Dolphins just because the Raiders looked not at all good last week. They're mm. travelling again and the Dolphins are getting points at home. Yeah. Uh, Monday night game is the Lions and the Packers. Uh, Green Bay Packers coming back Reef. from their... Yeah, coming back from their uh, from their uh, bye week. Um, two and a half points given to Green Bay. They're without Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I think I'm going to go Detroit Lions. The majority of people agree with you. I think I'm going to have to agree with you because we know what the Lions have in, quarter, in their yeah, quarterback, exactly, but I don't exactly. feel great about it. Yeah, I, I'm, that's exactly why I'm, why I'm going for them. But it's yeah, you're right. I, it's not uh, it's, it was not one that you feel comfortable going for, is it? No, not at all. Excellent. Well, fingers crossed. I'll uh, pick up some more this week. I felt that one way up here. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. Thanks very much for listening. If you've liked what you've heard, please do remember to uh, give us a like, a subscribe, and maybe even a review through whatever medium you procure your podcasts. It really does help us to uh, get into as many pairs of ears as we possibly can. We'll be back again next week to cast our eyes over the action from week 9, and also to make our uh, picks for week 10, when rumour has it we could uh, even see uh, the possibility of Teddy Bridgewater making a return to the league for the Vikings. Who knows? In the meantime, make sure you check out thewrongfootball.com for more from the mind of G. Uh, and remember, if you want to get in touch with us, you can either drop us an email to twfpodcast at outlook.com or find another G or myself on Twitter at wrongfootball or at twfdan. Thanks all again for listening and we'll see you again next week. Auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen.